I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. Lately, we've been noticing again how your gender affects the way other people interact with you. Yes. And, you know, following up on the way that you dealt with your no good, very bad day. <laughs> Uh, Which was made much easier by just being a man. Yes. And not being expected to be in any way feminine or interact in any... I try to be pleasant about a very bad day. (laughs) Right. But after that, it seems there have been a number of interactions that you've had that have sort of really highlighted the fact that interacting socially as a male is much easier for you. Since it is your natural bent. Yes, because I'm a male. You are. (laughs) Yes. It's so much easier interacting socially as a male now that everybody else sees that too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When I try and interact as a male, people give me funny looks. And I didn't realize that I was interacting as a male. I just thought I was being socially awkward until I watch you doing these things. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. And see, I'm I'm just used to you. I'm like, oh, that's my wife. He does that. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So it started with you were at, was it a training or a meeting with a former colleague? I went to a little celebration at an office nearby mine for some colleagues. And one of them is getting a new job and leaving one that she's been in a long time. We walk to their office every once in a while for various reasons, whether it's meetings or to visit because we're taking a walk or such. And so we could go on over there and join their celebration of congratulations on getting your new job. And, and when I came in, there were three guys by the door. And there's not very many guys there. Two of them work in that building and one of them works in another department. But I thought of it as soon as I walk in because guys are always standing there different than than ladies. And they respond differently to me as a guy. The the posture is different. I noticed it right away. Mm-hmm. And you're sort of immediately somewhere back in your in the back of your primal brain deciding what these stances and gestures are. I can feel it in my body like <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of funny. And, but they're all very, you know, they're all very friendly people and everything, but it's very, it's just very different. Like ladies like to come over and give you a hug and talk to you. And Mm -hmm. guys kind of like to take a step back and kind of eyeball the situation and, you know, stuff like that. Assess your threat and dominance level before interacting with you. Whether they're conscious of it or not, it's happening. No, and most of them aren't conscious of it. I am very conscious of it. You are because you've had to notice it. Well, and and because I spent so many years not being confronted with that, it's very apparent to me being seen as the person I am, how differently their subconscious reactions are. Right. So, but anyhow, the, the point of it isn't even just that, although I do think that that's interesting to me, mm-hmm. my response to it is pretty like, oh, oh, here we are. We have to do this. <laughs> you know? Right. But one of the guys, I don't think has seen me since I started my physical transition. And I say that because his reaction was, oh, what's going on here? But he, he didn't say any of that. It was all over his face. And I thought, did he get the email I sent out when I 
sent it to the office mm-hmm. because I included some other offices, agencies, certain people that I interacted with on a fairly regular basis, even if it was not always in person, but I had interacted with them enough that I thought they need to know that, especially if they're a little higher up in their agency, so they know how to handle it if some other employee of theirs is saying, hey, what's going on here? Right. So I I thought I had probably sent him the email, but I wasn't sure. That was my first thought is, did he not get that email last, was it last year? I think it was last year. I'm not sure. Um, it was the year before. I think it was, ooh. See, we're losing track of time. We are, we are. It, I think it was two when, years ago because yeah. it would have been two autumns ago, so about a year and a half. And that's the losing track of time that happens after you get to this side of transition. On the other side of transition, you can't seem to lose track of time if you want to, but... (laughs) No, everything cannot come quick enough, and so you are counting the days, minutes, and seconds. But when you're counting backwards, it's different. Right. So I was thinking that while he was looking at me, because I was thinking, the look on your face says, I see what's happening here, but whoa, this is not what I was thinking About, you know, like the confrontation of my voice, my stance, which is different because of my muscle structure. Right. My response to their stance, Mm -hmm. you know, my facial hair, my all those secondary sex characteristics of, hey, I'm a dude. You are a dude. Yeah. So I need to go back and look and see and I'll have to do a little digging to find and see if he got that email. He right. didn't say a thing. He's he's being professional. He's pretty high up in the supervisory status of his part of the world. Right. And he was keeping his composure as best as possible, but the look over his face was his mouth was hanging open. So Aww. so I felt kind of like that's okay, but hmm, okay, maybe you haven't seen me lately. And this is something I wonder because last night you and I went to a different celebration for the same person, but it was a out of work thing, you know. Yeah, they let's went to go the bar. Out, go out and have a drink. And someone there that had come to, you know, join this, these were people from other places as well. And this lady was going to wor- be working in a closer proximity to my friend's new position. And so that's why she was joining. Right. And apparently I worked with her before about 12 years ago. Yes, Which in a I, similar position with a different agency. I vaguely remember, and and as they say to, to me at work lately, sorry, no offense, when they're saying something about men that's not Because you work with a bunch of women, and they have yeah. unfavorable opinions of men sometimes. Sometimes they do. <laughs> so I have to say, no offense intended, but all the straight ladies kind of blended together for me. They because still do for me. There's a lot of them. There, there's there, a lot there of are. them. And so... I didn't remember, and and that was, looking back on it, I can say a lot of my coping with myself was like that. The less aware I, I was of all these gendery things and whether or not I identified with them or how I dealt with them, the, the better off dealing with that was, and I could do other things that I had to do. Right. You know, and I, I had other things going on in my life mm-hmm. that also were lots of responsibilities and took a lot of my attention. And then lastly, I I stood out as a very queer, butch person in a job there was only a couple of us doing Right. that went all over the darn place in our state. I stood out in that position. And so even in my building, 
you know, over the years and people would say, good morning, George, or hey, George. And I'd think there's that person not thinking what their name was. Right. And it happens that when you are different in any certain way, whether it's a visible disability or visibly queer or any sort of difference that is clearly visible, people are going to remember you more. They're going to remember your name. They're going to recognize you when they see you. Yes. And so everybody's always saying, hey, George. And I'm like, how's it going? Thinking, who is that? I know that person, it's but I don't know their lady name. And they're blonde, so that narrows it down by about half. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe about 60% uh, are blonde. I don't know. I couldn't tell you that either, actually, now that you mention <laughs> yeah. it. So, so no offense intended, but that person blended into all the other people that, to me, were very similar to her. And now she stands out as, oh, there's that person that apparently I worked with before, and I vaguely remembered her face, but, you know, we're both 12 years older. Yes. And then I'm a few years into a different presentation of gender. Yes. Although, as far as I'm concerned, I'm exactly the same guy. I think so. I feel better. But Good. that's a different category of discussion. So we talked, and, and you asked me, did she say anything about that you're different or anything? Did and she say anything later? Yeah, I asked no, afterwards. No, no she, didn't. she didn't. And I've had quite a bit of that lately. Of I know this person from before, and this is definitely a person who doesn't know. Well, no, let's not say it that way, because I don't know what they know. That's my question. What do they know, and what do they remember? But they didn't get a formal email saying, hey, here's the scoop. At least not one directly from you. No. And especially someone who didn't expect to see me there or I don't suspect had other conversations beforehand about, oh, I know that person. And then they got an explanation from somebody else. I don't think so. And here they see me obviously presenting as male because, as I mentioned, when I walk in the room and there's men right there, they all have that subconscious reaction of, You're a guy. I'm a guy, and I'm coming in the room. Yes. So, yeah. And uh, the posturing and stuff that Mm -hmm. the guys do. And And so she was quite pleasant. She was happy to see me and say, hey, you know, I think I know you, and are you this person? And I worked with you a long time ago in this capacity, and I'm looking at her thinking, she does look familiar, but I don't remember that exactly. But, But like I said, Unless there's something very different, I don't remember Mm -hmm. that person. There are a few other queers in the overall interactions between various offices and jobs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And those few queers stand out to me because I know them as queers. Yes. And I think, oh, they're so-and-so. They're family. Because I know her because she's a queer. Yes. And I know that one. And so those people stand out to me, too. Mm-hmm. And I do know their names. They're not just... And so there's reinforcement you know. of that idea of if you're different, there's more connections in your brain to that individual, mm-hmm. more things about them that make them stick in your neurons. Yeah. But her husband was there too. Yeah. He's not actually her husband. Oh. He's her boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. But he talked to you like just some guy. Well, I, I was standing there and there's ladies and there's us two guys and... I thought, well, I think I'll go talk to the guy because I can. I'm just some guy, so he'll talk to me. And he would probably talk to all those ladies, too. He was listening and listening to shop, and that's what I went over and talked to him and said, you're listening to all of us talk shop. And you They know, were talking about asking, work, yeah. Asking him what he did and, and stuff. And 
the reception as a, another male is very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause they can talk to you cause you're just another guy. And so I got the kind of, I would consider gossip that I think my work wife often gets from other ladies. Mm-hmm. You know? And he was, he was a little different that way. Like he didn't start posturing or talking to me about sports or something. <sighs> you know, we talked about people which is different. So that that's a different type of guy. Mm-hmm. That's more the type of guy that, that my good friend is. Yes. He doesn't posture. Yeah. You I'll, know, he I'll, might around other more posturing males. Yes. Posture back in the way that and whatever I've the subconscious says to do. But Notice that in your field that people who are attracted to working in the mental health field and the people that mental health professionals tend to be in relationship with are often atypical for their gender. Hmm. Interesting. Men, at least. Yeah. Women are all touchy-feely and crap anyway, but... Well, and I don't know that one of the guys, when I walked in the other day, he's a a little bit more typical of his gender, one of them. Mm -hmm. He's not very alpha-like, but he's more typical of his gender, and the other one, a little more so than some of the other guys are. And I don't know as much about the one that that had the big question written all over his face. <laughs> big question mark. Right. So yeah, I was talking to him for a while and it was interesting to be able to do that and just have a comfortable conversation. You never could somebody. do that before. No, because as someone that they didn't view as male, they didn't interact with me the same way. No. There's a gender cultural thing that happens. Yes just like the posturing or anything else. Although the that part of it, I think, is more taught by the culture than yeah. the posturing is subconscious. Yeah. The posturing is a more organic thing, whereas the actual verbal interaction is a more environmental thing. Right. And I've seen some conversations about that recently on various social media, conversations about how culture affects our interactions in gender. Now now one of the YouTube things is coming to mind. Aiden, who's pretty prominent in YouTube, he's also in FTM magazine and stuff, vlog was something like, am I just made not to like guys or something like that? And this conversation about how FTM guys interact with cisgender guys and... I saw a couple days ago another guy, and it was an older vlog of his. I want to say at least a few years old, but his was quite the opposite of, I've always felt very comfortable with guys. And I, I listened to his vlog, and he had spent a lot of time very comfortably around cisgender males all his life mm-hmm. as a child, and then as a very young adult was transitioning. Mm-hmm. And so his interaction with the male culture and with male and female culture up to them was very accepting of males and females interacting in a less gendered, specific, or focused, or, hey, don't do that (laughs) type of culture than a lot of people in American culture and in my, my age group were very specifically steered away into separate gender cultures at a certain age. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with whatever cultural beliefs were going on then of safety or appropriate 
behaviors or stuff like that. Like girls will get hurt or boys will do things they shouldn't do or girls sometimes naturally saying, no, no, I'd rather go crochet and I don't want to climb on that thing. So any of those. But, yes. but often you were steered away from that or segregated because the group of males that you were around would kind of push you out of the group as well. Mm-hmm. Because they couldn't deal with things like secondary sex characteristics that indicated in their brain that this this cannot it's not comfortable for them. This is Boobs. matable, and so it must not be socializable. Yes, which was not true as far as I was concerned. Never true, but fair. You know, that's the I think perception. I think there's still a fair amount of that type of culture going on, and I think there's a lot of it that's opened up. Mm-hmm. And that's what I saw with this young guy on YouTube, even though his vlog was from a couple of years ago, right. about his comfort of always going and playing ball with the guys. Right. And it, he wasn't, he didn't point this out, but I noticed he wasn't discouraged from that. He was very accepted by the other males. And so it was fine. Mm-hmm. And so that he's very comfortable with males. Whereas what I've noticed is, I notice if, you know, things happen like, like this where the guys are posturing and, or if I'm going over and talking to some guy, some guy, I notice the reactions and stuff. And then I also notice things when I'm doing something differently than what a lot of guys would do. And I'm noticing it because maybe somebody I'm dealing with is not sure what to do about that or is expecting something else from me. And that stood out when I when I brought my aunt to the ER the other day. Yes, that was about what yeah. I was to say. Yeah. yeah, and towards the end of our extremely long wait before we even got in the back. Okay, back up. What what had been happening that your aunt needed to go to the ER? Well, um, she has a neurologist who gives her medicine for seizures and apparently only found out in the last year since she's had her Obamacare. And no, I'm not just promoting it or something. I'm just pointing out that I actually know somebody who benefits from their Obamacare. Yes. I know a lot of people who were all up at arms when it was first rolled out and they shut up as soon as they actually got better insurance. And and I know there's problems with it. Yeah. But but the problems with it, I just want to say real quickly, are not, in my perception, to do with the Obamacare, they're to do with the insurance companies and monetary gain. Okay, so but in any case. Some state legislatures that don't want to follow directions. Etc. Yeah. But the point is that since she's had this, she has a neurologist and the first time in her 60-something years of life found out that all this time, since she was young and had learning problems, she's been having seizures. She has a seizure problem, a seizure disorder, whatever it is. It's not my department of medicine, so I don't know. So she takes a medication for it. And my opinion was that something was not a good match with the medication, whether it was an interaction with another med or it just was causing some sort of secondary problem, you know, a side what, effect. What were the symptoms? She can't, re- it's om- they almost look like dementia, but you know, they're not, they look to me like you're short circuiting and you're staring. And then she would do other things like not remember how to get somewhere. She's five minutes from 
our kid's school and it takes her 25 minutes to find her way there. And then when she gets there, as she's described, okay, here's where a problem happened, she can go back and reflect and say, oh, well, when I got to the school parking lot, it was light out because there's a time change, so that's different. And she was already confused, so there was a activity going on, which was like a talent show or something. So the parking lot was full and it was very busy at the school, and she became further confused Was she supposed to be there? What day was it? What time was it? What am I doing? What do I do next? And then starts panicking because she doesn't know these things and eventually gets out of the car and goes into school. And she's 15 minutes late picking him up. She took her 25 minutes to get somewhere and then another 15 minutes to get out of the car. And leaving voicemails that are basically word salad. With big gaps in between. Like there's a four-minute message and she talks for about 30 seconds and then there's 10 seconds. You're just about to turn it off and there's another word and another word. Or, But they don't all string together properly. They, they don't make yeah. sentences. And apparently she gets up to her house and I'm I'm told by her housemate can't turn off the car. Like the housemate has to go outside and turn off the car or can't put the car in park. It's just sitting there like, I don't, I don't know, remember how to do this. And then comes in the house and starts walking in circles uh, or turns the TV on at full volume when usually she listens to it on mute and listens to her headphones, listening to something else entirely like a book while she's watching TV, but she's watching infomercials on top volume. So just totally out of the ordinary behaviors on top of that would be strange for anybody. Yes, but extra out of the ordinary for her. Yes, and usually she'd get like this for a couple hours or a day, but this time it was for a few days. And she would call your mom, and if they were supposed to go out at noon, she would call at 10 and say, I don't feel well, we can't go out today. And then she would call at 11 and say, are you ready to go? And my mother would say, where? And she'd say, I'm picking you up. And my mother would be like, okay. And I'm thinking, and you then you got in the car with her, so that's your problem, right? <laughs> if, I told my aunt the other day, so she wasn't telling people because she's afraid that, well, I think in part she wasn't telling people because she didn't realize exactly what, how how bad this was. And before when she didn't feel so good like this, she didn't drive. But this time she drove. Yes. And that's why we're all like, oh, no. You're she drove going, you're going all to- the way to the like out of town to the next village over yeah. to this job that she's been doing. Yeah, she helps a lady over there. And she got there and that lady kept telling her to sit down, apparently. This is what my aunt can recall. So my aunt figured it looked like something was wrong with her. And they had somebody come from where my aunt had driven from to come out there and get her and drive her back. And they didn't want her to drive and they made her leave her car there. So it was pretty significant. Even strangers are noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's noticing this and it's a problem. And it's a, it was a problem for me and number two's mother that night, because while she was supposed to go get him and bring him to his mommy's house, she was missing with him. And, you know, I'm working and can't answer the phone and I'm the phone's ringing and I'm thinking, well, if it's an emergency, they'll call my work phone and then I can answer that one. But they were not where they were supposed to be. They were really late and missing and no contact. And she's driving like that and she doesn't know it. So this is not okay. Right. And some people are wondering, is she afraid they're going to take her driver's license? Because 
They did that before. They did take her driver's license in the state where she lived before because if you have any type of seizures in that state, they take your driver's license. Mm-hmm. And I think she was afraid they might do that here, or at least that's what some people thought. I really, after talking to her about it, don't think that was it. I think she just really didn't know how much of this was going on. Mm-hmm. Because in the state we live in, they they won't take away anything, really. <laughs> They're not going to stop you from... No, it's a very libertarian place. You can do whatever the hell you want and kill yourself, and we don't care. You well, go out and win they, that Darwin Award. They might care, but they won't stop you if they don't have to. All right. So they're probably not going to stop you from your, I would say, God-given freedoms, but government seems to get in the way of those sometimes. So <laughs> Anyway. So what happens is we're in the ER for several hours, and I do mean several, waiting because there's probably a doctor shortage and there's... And there's ambulances coming from all over the county. Yeah, all over the place coming there. And so that stops everything. They probably didn't call anybody from that waiting room for three hours. Mm-hmm. The the last three hours before we finally got called. But right before that, I went up to ask about where we were standing because she was getting too agitated and I didn't want her to go up and ask anything. She'd be unreasonable, and that won't really help us get out of the waiting room, (laughs) at least not in the direction we want. No. And she came up right as I had gotten that answer of that she was next with heart pain, like her heart was pounding, and and started snapping at the charge nurse. And I was just watching, and I wasn't interfering, and I think they fairly expected me to control her because I was the male relative that was present. Yes. And why wasn't I telling her to stop or, you know what I mean? Right. So they probably just thought, why aren't you controlling her? Why aren't you conforming to your expected social norms? Right. And I realized this just from subtle interactions of them kind of looking at me or watching me and looking at her, but they're trying to deal with her too. And my stance was more, well, this is how she is, but I want to ask more practical things in the middle of this. And so I did that. And I realized that that's probably not what the average white American guy would do in my position right? in this particular part of the country and so forth. But I'm not that guy. No, you're not. I'm this guy. And so I didn't care. What I thought was fair was to say, okay, well, I'm sorry that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say I was sorry, but I did thank them. I was maybe more grateful. And that was a little confusing to them too, of them taking care of the situation, even though she was irritable and panicking. And instead of directing them or trying to tell them what to do, like a lot of guys would, you asked directing questions. Yes. Instead of saying, I think she needs, you would say... She doesn't mean to be snapping your head off, but Mm -hmm. she will because she's panicking right now. Mm -hmm. Let's just remember, that's why she's being an ass. Mm -hmm. Instead of telling her to settle down or telling them to just... You should. Yeah, what they should do about it. You need to. I'm not that invested in what everybody else does, so. (laughs) I love that about you. And so they sort of had to deal with them themselves, and I could see them trying not to be irritated and want to mismanage her because of her irritability and being on the edge of that, but because she was having heart, you know, palpitations or pounding or panicking or whatever, and she has a history of heart problems, they quickly just took her back to do an EKG. Mm -hmm. And I thought, maybe she should have done this seven hours ago. (laughs) 
you know. You know. Well, I don't know. My personal opinion is that she should have gotten the CAT scan and the EEG while she was having the difficulties so that they could get a accurate read on what was happening in her brain during the time of the problem. That would be cool. That's very scientific of you. Your aunt is not very scientific. Well, my aunt was calming down because they were taking care of her. Okay. And so that's something to talk to her doctor about. But what I figured is if the tests came back normal, they would probably just change your meds, and that really might solve the problem. Mm -hmm. It would have been nice if we could have just gone to the neurologist and they could have ordered the test and she could have gone to the test at some more convenient interval. Yes. But because there had been some days of this ongoing issue, it wasn't going to happen that way. So I'm I'm just noticing how different my interactions and and that has a lot to do with how long I spent being perceived as the wrong gender and yes and how different I have a lot of years to compare how different these interactions are to what they were a couple of years ago. Well, that's good that you're getting the correct treatment and People are learning how to deal with you or better able mm -hmm. to deal with you. And I find it fascinating, you know, just because gender stuff is so interesting to me. Yes. I find it fascinating that I'm the same guy and you perceive me differently subconsciously. And so now you do these things or you do those things or even consciously you expect me to start doing something. And I'm looking at you like, that's not my job. Nope. <laughs> so... That's In, fun. Interesting gendery stuff. Yep. Interaction stuff. Very good. Mm -hmm. So is that it about gendery experiences in the past few weeks? For me? Yes. I'm sure you have lots of them that you don't think of because they just blend together. Yeah, I've been doing this for years and I don't have any changes in my presentation. So at this point, they're just all background noise. Yeah. So is that I'm shrugging it? my shoulders. Yeah, that should be it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Doves, they're hanging out with the quails. The doves are hanging out with the quails. I looked. Okay. Because I wanted to see who was making the sound. That's interesting. It, it could be to some of us. You like birds. <laughs> yes. Number three was asking me about birds the other day. She heard a sound and said, what's, or no, number three said, what's making that sound? And number two said, I think it's a bird. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think it is a bird. Which sound are you talking about? And number two made the sound and number three says yeah that's a bird <laughs>
<laughs> and I said, yes, it is a bird. And number three says, I wonder which bird. And I said, I don't know. You should ask George. He would know. Uh-huh. He likes birds. Well, I've taken them out with one of the apps from Cornell. If you can find the bird, you can play the sound and see if it's making that sound and if that helps you identify the bird. Mm-hmm. So. You're talking a little soft. I, I can fix it in post. I am talking a little soft. <laughs> we are just talking about birds, so. <laughs> All right. Although we have a new listener that seems to like birds because I looked at their Facebook page and they had some pictures of the little finches with the red on the front, the little... Oh, fun. Male finches, yeah. Okay. Okay. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George.